Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a verse-by-verse study on the Gospel of John, and this program is the 10th program in this series, where I'm going to start into John chapter 3. Now, in John chapter 1, we have the testimony of John the Baptist testifying that Jesus is the Messiah. John was making a public declaration that Jesus was the King of Israel. And then in John chapter 2, we have the transition that Jesus went through from John the Baptist to when he entered into Jerusalem. And when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, he made a public proclamation that he is the Messiah by the signs that he did, by the miracles that he did, and the things that he did. He demonstrated to the people that he was the Messiah. And then in John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to see Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. That's how Nicodemus starts out the conversation. First of all, Nicodemus comes at night. He doesn't come during the day. And the main reason why was because he had a lot to be concerned about. There were some people who did believe that Jesus was likely the Messiah, but there were many other people who did not want to believe that. And Nicodemus was a person who was in a position of power, of authority, and of influence, And if it was discovered that he was a disciple or a believer in the Lord Jesus, then there might be some complications in his life, a lot of rejection and a lot of interference with regards to how he may be able to function in the society there. And so he was being careful. He was being cautious. He really wanted to spend some time talking with the Lord Jesus, but he didn't want other people to know. He wanted this to be a private conversation. Now, in verse 1, it says that he is a ruler of the Jews. He's a Pharisee, and he's also a ruler of the Jews. Now, what this phrase means is that he was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was a member of the high court in Israel. The court would resolve problems in the community, and Nicodemus was a member of this court. He was also a rabbi. He was a teacher. And he was recognized later on in chapter 3 as a teacher of Israel. This is found in verse 10. Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Nicodemus was recognized as a rabbi of rabbis. He was a teacher or the head of a rabbinical school. So when he addresses Jesus as rabbi, this is profound. This means a lot 
for the teacher of Israel, the religious teacher of Israel, to refer to Jesus as a teacher, as a rabbi. This was an acknowledgement of the importance of the Lord Jesus. Now, Nicodemus says that we know, we know that you are a teacher come from God because of the signs, because of the signs that Jesus did, Nicodemus was able to accept that God was with him and that God had sent him. And so Jesus takes the opportunity after Nicodemus introduces himself and shares with Jesus what he thinks about him. Then Jesus responds in verse 3. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so Jesus tells him something. He says something to him, says something of great importance. After Nicodemus acknowledges that he is a teacher who has been sent by God. So what does Nicodemus do with this? Nicodemus questions him in verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So Nicodemus's response was he, he didn't understand how a person could be born when he is old. And I'll come back to that in just a moment. He continues and refers to going back into his mother's womb. Jesus speaks about that and he says, well, surely a person does need to be born of the flesh from the mother's womb, which would be born in water. That's what he's referring to when he speaks of being born in water, born of water. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, that's verse five, Jesus is referring to the physical, natural birth that everyone goes through. But he also says that you need to be born of the spirit, which means that you're going to be born by the spirit of God. That's the kind of born-again experience that Jesus is referring to. Now, this would be something new for Nicodemus, but the idea of being born again was not new. That's why he asked, how can someone be born when he is old? Because the Pharisees did have a belief concerning being born again or being born anew or being born from God, or born from above. They did have a belief concerning this. And so the phrase itself, being born again, was not new in Pharisaical Judaism. What was new was the application that Jesus made using this phrase. So when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, he spoke to Nicodemus with a phrase that Nicodemus understood. However, Jesus had a different meaning behind this phrase, being born again, than what Nicodemus understood. For example, there were many ways that a person could be born again according to Pharisaical Judaism. If a Gentile, as an example, if a Gentile was converted to Judaism, 
a Gentile decided to convert to Judaism, then the way that the Pharisees described this conversion was to say that the person was effectively born again. Now, Nicodemus was not a Gentile who converted to Judaism, so he wouldn't be able to qualify for that one. But he would have understood that there was meaning behind that. There could have been a subtlety from Jesus because of the water baptism of John and the knowledge that Jesus participated in that baptism so that there may have been a hint that Nicodemus could be water baptized and be born again even though he is a Jew. But I really don't see that that is part of the conversation here. When Jesus refers to being born in water, he's specifically referring to physical birth in this section. Water baptism is not here at all. There was another way that a person could be born again, and that was if a person became the king of Israel. According to Pharisaical Judaism, if a person was coronated as the king of Israel, it was considered to be a moment where the person was born again, born from God, born from above. They used that phrase in order to describe the coronation of the king of Israel. Nicodemus, as far as we can tell, was not in the lineage of the kings, and so he would not have qualified for this either. But there were other ways that he could have qualified. In Pharisaical Judaism, if a person became of age, normally the age of either 12 or 13, a boy would officially be recognized as a man in the nation, which meant that he, at this time, would be responsible for his own sins. And there would normally be a ceremony in the synagogue that we speak of today as a bar mitzvah, where he would read from the law to demonstrate his ability to study the law, to read the law, and to understand the law so that he could take his position among the other adults as a person who is going to be responsible for his own sins. When this transition took place, it was considered to be a moment where the boy became a man, and this was referred to as a time when he was born again. A person could also be born again when they got married. If a person got married, then this was considered to be another very important transition in life and that their identity is now associated with their spouse, with their wife in this case. In this way, a person was considered to be a person who was born again, born anew, born from above, born of God, a new person who is now identified with and associated with their spouse. Nicodemus knew what it was like to be born again when he became a man, and he also knew what it was like to be born again when he got married. Now, there was no requirement at all for a person to be married if they were a Pharisee. If a man was a Pharisee, he did not have to be married. But if he was a member of the Sanhedrin, then the law at that time required that all members of the Sanhedrin were married and Nicodemus was a member of the Sanhedrin. So Nicodemus knew what it was like to be born again when he became of age. He knew what it was like to be born again when he got married. In addition to that, a person was considered to be born again when they became a rabbi. When they became a rabbi, in the sense that they had students, they had disciples, at that moment, the person was recognized 
as a person who was born again. And then you would also be born again if you became the head of a rabbinical school. And Nicodemus fulfilled all of these. You could become a rabbi or a recognized rabbi at the age of 30. And at the age of 50, the people would recognize you as the head of a rabbinical school if you had the opportunity to do that. And so Nicodemus experienced being born again four times already in his life, according to Pharisaical Judaism. There were no other ways for him to be born again, according to Pharisaical Judaism, unless he starts over. He has to start over. He has to go back into his mother's womb, be born again in water, And then he could become of age, he could get married, he could become a rabbi, or he could become the head of a rabbinical school. Under those circumstances, he would be able to be born again. But when Jesus says that you must be born again or you will in no way enter the kingdom of God, you cannot see the kingdom of God if you don't do this. That's in verse 3, John chapter 3, verse 3. Then Nicodemus has to learn a new way. Another way to be born again. And this is what Jesus presents to him. He presents to him the new way to be born of the Spirit. Again in verse 5, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. It appears that after Jesus said this, he noticed that Nicodemus was marveling. In verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Now, it's important to recognize that Jesus speaks to Nicodemus about the baptism of the Spirit, about the giving of the Spirit, about the Holy Spirit dwelling within a person to make them spiritually alive, and in that way they are born again. Jesus was telling Nicodemus the gospel or a part of the gospel, he was speaking to Nicodemus about the part of the gospel with regards to the restoration of the Holy Spirit within a person. And that this happens in a way that you will not know, that you will not be able to easily identify or explain. It's like the wind. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. All right, so you won't be able to tell where it comes from, where it's going. You will just simply be resurrected by the Holy Spirit of God because God himself, he, will decide to resurrect you. This is not something that you can do. This is not something that you can decide God will do. You must respond to the gospel. You must respond to the call, the call to Christ, the call to the Messiah. When Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? In verse 10, Jesus answered and said to him, 
Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus speaks to Nicodemus directly about the gospel, about him being lifted up, which represents the forgiveness of sins, and about the Spirit coming within a person just as the wind blows. This is the restoration of life. And so this is Jesus' response to Nicodemus. If Nicodemus really believes that Jesus is who he says he is, then Nicodemus has an opportunity to believe what Jesus is telling him. And he is going to have to make a decision at some point concerning the truth of the gospel. Now, we know through the historical records that Nicodemus did eventually make a public proclamation that he believed that Jesus was the Messiah. We know that in the rabbinical writings because Nicodemus was spoken of as a person who we should be concerned about. We should be concerned about this person because his belief in the Messiah resulted in his poverty that he eventually experienced in his later years. The real reason why he ended up in poverty was because no one would do business with him anymore. Nicodemus was a well digger. He dug wells and he repaired wells. That's what he did for a living. And because of his position of authority and because of his influence, he was able to get a lot of business. But when people found out that he was a believer in the Lord Jesus, that he believed that Jesus was the Messiah, then they wouldn't do business with him so much anymore, which was common for the people during that time Right after Jesus died and rose from the dead, a lot of the believers really struggled financially, economically, because they were in a society that was persecuting people who believed in the Lord Jesus. Continuing in John chapter 3, verse 18, in verse 18, Jesus continued, and he said, He who believes in him, referring to the Messiah, God manifested in the flesh, is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. All right, now there is a lot to be said about John and his 
and his style of writing and the theme that he presents throughout his letter here, throughout his gospel, concerning light and darkness. But there is a subtlety here that Jesus uses in order to speak to Nicodemus a little bit more. Because Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. He did not come during the day. And so Jesus was really confronting him. He was really speaking to him in a way that Nicodemus was confronted with the reality that he had to decide if he was really going to be about the truth or not. If he was really going to be about the works of God, the deeds of God, or not. What was he doing coming to Jesus by night? He should have come during the day. That was the subtlety of what Jesus communicated to Nicodemus through this, was that he said, look, I will answer your question. I will explain to you a little bit more about what it means to be born again. Nicodemus came to him and he said, we know that you are of God. I'm here to let you know that I believe that, even though I'm coming at night and in darkness and in secret. We know that you are of God. Jesus gives him a message about what it means to be born again. Nicodemus questions him about this and asks him, how can this be? Jesus answered the question. And then he followed through after answering the question. And he said, you really should make a decision. You have come to me, but this is what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you to really make a decision. Make a decision about what you are really going to believe. Are you going to believe in the Son of God? Are you or not? Are you going to believe in Him secretly? Or are you going to let people know that this is the truth? Jesus took the opportunity to speak to Nicodemus in a way that probably no one else ever had spoken to him before. It could be that this was the only conversation that Jesus ever had with Nicodemus. But Jesus certainly made it count. He really did. And I'm confident that Nicodemus remembered this. John remembered this. He wrote this down. But that Nicodemus remembered this. And even though, from what we can tell, it took some time It did take some time before Nicodemus was willing to make a public proclamation concerning what he believed was the truth about the Lord Jesus. Even though it took some time, he eventually did. And he should be recognized for that. He should be respected for that. That even though he did not respond as quickly or necessarily in the way that we would all like him to have done, he still responded, and he still believed, and he still lived by conviction. And even though he suffered under great persecution for what he believed, he still held on to it, and he will have eternal life. He has a place in the kingdom of heaven, and I expect that one day I will have the privilege of speaking with him personally. Now, this is all we have in John chapter 3 regarding what Jesus did there in Jerusalem at this time. From here in verse 22, 
John goes on and he speaks about them leaving town and going into the land of Judea. And so we don't have much of a record here concerning what Jesus really did there in Jerusalem. But that's not what John considered to be important in the gospel that he was writing. What he wanted to do was to give a clear understanding that there was the testimony of John concerning Jesus as the Messiah. There was the testimony of Jesus himself when he entered into the temple in Jerusalem. And we have the testimony of the teacher of Israel, according to Jesus, a member of the Sanhedrin, who also spoke to Jesus and testified to him that they knew that he was from God. Now, a really good follow-up to this program would definitely be the program that I recorded on the gospel. The gospel is much more than just the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins is what makes salvation possible, which is the restoration of the Holy Spirit that was lost in Adam. And so this would be a good time to go and review the recording that I made specifically to describe the gospel, the problem and the solution in order to have a more complete explanation of what Jesus was telling Nicodemus. Thank you for listening. This program is the 10th program in the verse-by-verse study on the book of John. In this program, I spoke about John chapter 3 and the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. When Jesus told Nicodemus that he needed to be born again, Nicodemus understood the phrase from a pharisaical point of view that there were many ways that a person could be born again. And so in this program, I described the six ways that a person could be born again according to pharisaical Judaism. But that Jesus told Nicodemus that he had to be born again. And the new way that Nicodemus could be born again was to be born again by the Spirit of God, by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, which was an introduction to the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to provide salvation for humanity through the restoration of life, the life of God that would bring about the new birth of a new child of God. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net